Good afternoon to everyone and thank you very much for choosing to spend your afternoon here with us. For those who don't know, I'm Patricia Ogden-Faber and I do a podcast show to help people maximise property values. It's called Maximising Property Values and it's on all your popular podcast platforms. So you can find it on Apple, Spotify, Google, Audible, all of them. That, however, normally is a monologue, but I've now added a guest series, a clubhouse guest series. And somebody actually um, contacted me a, a little while ago and said, why are you still saying it's new? And I, I was a bit taken aback because I thought, it is actually still new. My first guest was Mark Lloyd, and I kind of like saw him pop in earlier. Don't know if he's still there. Mark, he is still there. So he was my very, very first guest on the 17th of November. So to me, it's still new. You know, the podcast show itself has been going for over a year, nearly two years now. So yeah, the guest series is new, is new. Anyway, we've got, you are our first guest for 2022. And we are going to be a bit nosy and look into Julia's life. (laughs) (laughs) So who is Julia? Julia, I'm going to let you tell us who you are, but just in a moment, in a moment. um, So first and formally, I'd like to welcome you to Maximising Property Values. And before you tell us who you are and we go into your property activities, please tell us two things I'm going to ask you and I do swap these around a little bit oh no um, and and I never I never tell anyone what I'm going to ask them so your two questions are these so number one what has been your greatest challenge to date oh god and number two what is the thing that you are most proud of about yourself and there's a little bit of a twist to this. Neither of your answers can be property related. So, <laughs> okay, okay. So, wait, so you want me to answer those questions first? Oh yes, Patricia. please, and then do an intro. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So the first question was, just remind me, is your greatest challenge is- to date? Yeah, okay. So my greatest challenge actually was just a little example there is that I'm dyslexic and um, it's been something that I have had to deal with all my life, um, right from uh, being a young adult uh, or being a youngster. Um, I was lucky because um, I did, I was diagnosed when I was at school in in the um, 70s, which is quite unusual. but it has always plagued me. It's always been something I've had to deal with um, and I still deal with with today. And in fact, uh, as I just said to you, that um, I have a, a, a short-term memory issue. So when you tell me a, a question, I'm not always going to remember it very easily. So uh, so that's my, my biggest issue. Um, and I've found lots and lots of ways to overcome it but it still plagues me because I still have um, an issue feeling that other people are far, far more intelligent than I am, even though it's not to do with intelligence. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Do you Mm. know, Julia, if you didn't tell people Mm. that you you had dyslexia and Mm -hmm. you've been, you know, kind of like battling it throughout Mm. your life, I don't think anyone would actually realise. 
So you have succeeded in battling dyslexia. Honestly, I would never have known. And when you talk about short-term memory, I'm forever saying to my my boys and my husband, oh, please remind me about this and please remind me about that. And then my husband says, well, I'm older than you. Why do you, why do you think that my memory is going to be better than yours? Well, it obviously doesn't, it doesn't help that I'm of an age where I've got um, a bit of a cloudy mind now as well. Okay. So that doesn't particularly help no, either, I, I, I think you're just telling me why my memory is so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It, 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 most of us kind of like don't remember everything. So, yeah. Please do not, honestly, do not still think that you are disadvantaged um, because I'm telling you from the surface, it's not apparent. And I am so glad to have you on here. And you are actually my second guest who kind of like slightly identifies themselves with dyslexia. And Mm -hmm. honestly, you guys are, you are killing it. So, yeah. um, right. Okay. So the second question was the thing that you are most proud of about yourself. Again, not to do with property. Well, I suppose it's linked in the fact that I have battled through um, with dyslexia and not allowed it to define me. Um, so I am proud that though, um, you know, the written word has always been difficult for me. I've not allowed that to stop. I haven't allowed it to stop me. Um, it's it's stunted me, but I've never allowed it to actually stop me. And I'm proud that I've been able to stand up. I can speak about it um, because for a long time, it wasn't something I particularly enjoyed talking to people about. But um, and if, you know, we really got into it, you know, there are lots of things that do still affect me or in my head, actually, when I say affect, affect me in my mind, because that's all what it's to do with is is to do with your, um, your the, the way you see yourself, perceive yourself, your self-esteem, all that side of things that I have been able to um, conquer. Um, so I think that is definitely probably my um, ba- uh, biggest achievement is to, to probably turn the way I perceive myself um, uh, or it's completely around really from when I was younger feeling very very um, disadvantaged or I had very low self-esteem. Wow uh, do you know uh, well and I just said it didn't I uh, if, if, if anyone kind of like you know just met you now they would never ever ever know that you have dyslexia so Mm. i'm so so glad to have you on here um now please tell us who you are in property and what you do thank you so um i came to property um, later in 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 my career um i had a very very entrepreneurial background doing lots of different things working in lots of different um areas from the fitness industry to to charity um fundraising um and uh about well rolling on sort of towards seven years ago now i was at a bit of a crossroads um and i wasn't quite sure what i wanted to do um however i felt like i still wasn't um complete um i enjoyed working so i started to look at other opportunities because i built i 
set businesses up previously and um, and then sold those businesses on. And I really enjoyed the entrepreneurial journey. So I started looking for something else that was going to really inspire me because I really love to have that that um, sort of fire in my belly and that excitement about about what I do. So I looked at all sorts of different things. All sorts of people approached me to take on franchises and to um, do all sorts of things from, uh, you know, selling products to, oh gosh, um, oh, well, I just can't tell you how many different sort of things I did look into, but nothing nothing grabbed me at all you know it was and i was waiting for that that feeling of yeah this is really what i want to do um, until one day i was um reading um some articles in, in in the paper and funnily enough a lady that i had known um well probably about 20 years ago now there was an article about her and two other women so I particularly was interested in readings because obviously I, I, I knew this particular lady. And there was a lady on there, uh, or the article was about a lady called Belinda Gracian, who um, was um, a, a property um, entrepreneur. So I was reading her about her and it sounded really interesting. And I didn't, you know, think too much about it. And then I, I was, you know, thinking about what to do. And I thought, oh, maybe I should Google that lady. You know, I should just Google her and see um, what she's all about. Because property was always something that I was interested in, but I never actually thought that I could get involved with it. Um, again, because I just didn't understand it. Um, you know, I thought you needed a hell of a lot of money and, um, you know, it wasn't something that I particularly at that point in my life um, thought that I could do. Anyway, I found that um, she was doing some mentoring and I thought, oh, that you know, sounds quite interesting. So I got in contact um, with them. And as soon as I spoke to this person, spoke to her, I knew this is the person I needed to work with. This is what I wanted to do. Um, and it just clicked. And um, I spent a year with her um, doing uh, working quite closely with her, doing um, training all through the different strategies, um, and I just—it just completely blew my mind. I was—I found it so interesting, exciting. Because as an adult, I really enjoy learning. Um, as a child, it was difficult, but now as an adult, I, I thoroughly in, enjoy the learning process. Um, and I just hit it off with Belinda. We got on really well, and we still work together now. So. Um, you know, after all these years, we still um, are very connected and we still do um, and work together. So that's how I actually started um, to get into the industry. But we also, um, I also work with uh, another chap called Dan Patrick, and he was really, uh, um, had a fantastic mindset. Um, and again, that's what I really liked about both him and Belinda is it wasn't just about property. It was about your mindset as well, you know, because as we've all learned and lots of us who work in property know that this industry is not easy and you've got to have real strength, um, strength of character to, to be able to ride the roller coaster ride, which it, it really is. Um, and um, what he he instilled into me was that it's really, really not about um, the numbers or how many noughts are on the end of something. You still need to do the same amount of work 
as you do for a little probably a little buy to let you know um to do all the the dd on that that as you do on a you know on a larger opportunity so i found myself being drawn or to, towards the larger opportunities where sort of commercial property does sit um and that's how I, I really got very involved um, on the commercial side because I could see, you know, the amount of work that has to go into everything. And he just really gave me the confidence to, to work in that area and just see them as numbers and not be scared of that. So that's how I ended up sort of working um, and getting very involved in, in, in the commercial side of things where um there's so much more um um creativity really i think uh, i think on the commercial side um which i i really really enjoy and in the residential side it, it's an incredibly busy space isn't it and um i find i found that everything i looked at there you know there was another 50 other people looking at the same thing but it wasn't quite the same um in in the commercial sector so that's that's how I ended up really um, working um, on the commercial side, um, and I've learned ever such a ever such a lot, but still learning every day. You know, I think that's what again what I love about property, Patricia, is it is you never ever stop learning. You just never stop learning. There's there's always something that you don't know about that um, that, that comes up that you think, oh, I've never heard of that before, or I haven't done that before, and I. I really enjoy that. How um, you know we, we just continue to 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 progress and and learn as as we go along within the industry, which I know you've done as well. Oh, do you know the learning side of it is just so exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Just, I it's really like, sometimes I feel like a kid in a toy shop. I'm thinking. Ooh, that's really exciting. Or I find a new like product line. And I'm thinking, oh, absolutely amazing. What can I do with this? And it's it, two years ago, I booked myself onto um, um, an interior design course. <laughs> well, maybe it was three years ago. Maybe it was four years ago. I can't remember. Anyway, because I, I just thought I need to learn more. I want to know more. I want to be able to do what I'm doing so much better, so professionally. Oh, do, do you know? Julia, we are on the same. There's another lady. Every time she says something, I think, snap, snap. And I feel that with you as well. <laughs> Louise, Louise Reynolds. Yes, yes, say. absolutely. You know, I love, love Louise, love talking with Louise. Though we're quite different people, but we've got, you know, very much the same sort of outlook. Um, and again, you know, I, 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 I enjoy working with um, other people. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that, um, you know, it's an industry where it's very open for those that have got a lot of experience, those that are coming in. You know, I learn from people that walk the boards before me and I enjoy helping um, those that are coming up behind me. So, um, you know, I, I quite enjoy that, that whole uh, part of the industry, really. And it's... Um, and supportive you know i do think there's a lot of support out there you know i've in fact i, I noticed that i got a um a happy birthday from clubhouse yesterday because i've been obviously now on on clubhouse for for the last year as you have um patricia but it's been a real 
phenomena, hasn't it, of, of a great platform for learning um, and, and developing and, and meeting um, so many more people within the industry, um, oh. which has yeah. been amazing. Because you and I, actually, I think we met on Clubhouse, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. We did, yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. been amazing. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm coming up to my one year on 8th of January, I joined. Mm. Mm. And I, I, I remember signing up. It was late at night on a Friday. So the 8th was on a Friday. And then on the Saturday, I thought, let me just go in there and have a look around. And that was around about like noon. And I did not leave Clubhouse, I don't think, for 20 hours. That... <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. I, I dropped in and I, 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 I was fascinated by it. Oh. I was like going from property to Bitcoin to NFTs, mm. and, uh, like a kid in a candy shop. Yeah, agreed. But then I'm... You know, I love to chat, and like like you say, you know, I love to learn. So, you know, there was there has been some amazing people with so much knowledge to share, and where you know you, people can pay a lot of money for for that kind of of knowledge and um and, and expertise, and and people have come on openly and and shared that knowledge uh, and expertise, and that's that's amazing. I think that's been really amazing, and I've really enjoyed that. Do you know one of the one of so I've been wanting to do a guest series for quite a while now. Anyone who knows me at all knows that I'm quite honest about things, and mm. sometimes people will say to me, "Why would you even say that?" And I'm thinking, "Well, why wouldn't I say that if mm -hmm. that's the truth?" Mm. Anyway, I couldn't do the guest series because I didn't know how to do it in terms of you know using like you know, technology and stuff, mm -hmm. and I just thought, you know, I cannot be asked because anything I don't really enjoy doing. I don't want to do. Anyway, <laughs> Clubhouse then came up with the replays and I thought, boom, because my mind works like that. I can I can solve problems, but in terms of technology, I need help. And yeah. I just thought, you know, if it's going to be a hassle, if it's going to be like I'm taking on work, then I don't want to do it. I'll just carry on doing my monologue. But no, I'm just loving doing the guest series because there are so many people out there who have so much to share mm. that other people just don't know about. They don't mm. know about them. And, you know, apart from the big names, because, you know, we all know the big names. And mm. I've had, you know, some of them on, my, on, on the guest series already. There are smaller names who just have as much to offer. And that is what I find fascinating and so mm. pleasurable about being able to do this. And you guys are just making my dream come true. So oh. thank you so much. <laughs> right, so for people in the room, today is about Julia Hart. Now, if you click on um, the link above our heads, that is Julia's company, Sightline Properties. Please follow Julia. Please, you know, go and follow her on Instagram, and you can learn a lot from Julia. You know, everyone that I've invited onto, you know, this guest series has something to offer, 
has an extra something that they can do to help you if you're just starting out your journey they can help you along with your journey so julia you are my first commercial person it's about commercial so there's all this rave about commercial to resi and what i like about you you see i'm i'm like i said for me if i don't enjoy doing something i'm not going to do it so and i'm not bothered in the main about what people think about me i don't go with the herd I, I, I tend to kind of like, you know, want to stay in my own lane. Mm. And I'm I'm happy being in my own lane. And I just think, you know, if there's anybody like me who is in the audience or who might be listening to this, you know, on the podcast or in the replays, and they want something a bit more personal, you would be a godsend to them because you offer mentoring you offer training you you handhold people all the way through their transactions which is what personally i think mentoring should be and which is what i try and offer my mentees as well which is do you know what let's do it together it's it's a bit of a partnership thing let us do and and whilst we're doing it they are learning as well Mm. and there's nothing more I don't think satisfying than having a mentee say something that they wouldn't have said when you actually started out with them. Mm. So you know, in that respect, you know, tell us what you do, Julia, please share with us so that people can come to you. So Julia, so I am talking to Julia Hart. Her website is sitelineproperties.com. So, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, you can literally go to, you know, www.sitline, site, S-I-T-E, line, L-I-N-E, properties.com, and you will be able to get to her site. So over to you, Julia. So what we do, we do two slightly different uh, different things. So um, as you know, we specialise in commercial property and we work closely with um, developers and investors who are looking for generally income generating um, opportunities. So what that means is, so slightly differently to your commercial that goes into residential, what we're looking for is, um, uh, for example, um, some high street stores, Um, which have got good, what we call good, strong covenants in. So right now that's not retail, as we all know. Um, And potentially above those those retail outlets, you could potentially refurb or develop the upper parts or develop out the back or put some kind of development um, on uh, on that site. The other side of it is also to do with the leasing, um, because when you're working in commercial, um, the longer the lease, um, the, the, the more value that lease has to that property. So it increases the value of that property. So what we're looking to do is we're looking to take on an opportunity. It's got income coming in. Potentially, we can increase the lease, which increases the value. Um, and we can do some refurbishment work or development work, which we could then potentially split the titles on, sell those off or keep those parts. So we find those types of opportunities 
four other developers um, and um, our uh, investment uh, investors that, that we have. Um, and we also work very closely with them to help build those opportunities out. Um, so we've got a team that, that we work with, um, a project management team and a building team. That's not my expertise at all. I'm, uh, I'm the person that uh, finds, the, finds the potential opportunities. But we have um, other people that we work closely with. And what we then came to realise is, is there's lots of people that want to work in the commercial sector um, but they're not quite sure that they maybe go and do a course or they, um, they've done a weekend um, property course, but they're not quite sure or confident how to put, um, how to take action. So we realised that obviously if we have got opportunities that are on the go, we've got some building work, we can actually invite people to come along and have a look at that. Or we can work alongside somebody who hasn't done it before and we can bring the expertise to them and go through the opportunity through the development with them using our our experts so that's how it came about you know that we were happy to help and support other people because you know there's two sides of it you've got people that are very experienced but don't have the time to do the work so we can do that for for them we've got people that just want us to find opportunities for them so that's another string to our bow and then we've got people that lack the experience but need and need the expertise so but have the finance and so on and so forth so there's sort of three different areas that that we work in um and it's you know it's, it's a real growing um area and like you um patricia i i sort of have my own lane I, I don't really follow follow the herd to be totally honest often i find that if there's lots of people doing the same thing i'll probably go in the opposite direction and try and find something completely different to do i'm a bit weird like that but i think i am a bit weird anyway um to be able to do 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 what i do but it, there is so much that can be done in the commercial sector um, you know, you've obviously got land that you can build on, so you can do some new builds. So we look for those potential opportunities. We look for planning gains, so you can put um, planning on an, an opportunity and then just sell that on. Um, you know, we look to to use all sorts of different strategies from, you know, purchase lease options to options, um, delayed completions, all sorts of different ways of actually securing opportunities um, that, that we have up our sleeve. Um, and everybody wants to do things in a slightly different way. And, and again, coming back to Belinda, who, who was my mentor, you know, she instilled into me that whatever two people want to do in property, they can do as long as there's a legal agreement. Um, so it doesn't, if you think it's a bit obscure, that's fine. You've just got to propose it. And if the other person understands it, gets it, feels that it's right for them, then it can be done. And I, I particularly enjoy um, th that side of things is finding ways, being solution driven. Like you, Patricia, I love to, to find solutions. And within this industry, you've got to have that mindset of okay, I've come, uh, come up against a problem, but what's the solution? Let's not worry about the problem. Let's just find the, find the solution. 
And I think that's 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 really key to, to me as an individual and the way that I work. Do you know, absolutely, you know, spot on, Julia. Where there's a will, there's always a mm. way. There's always a way. And, you know, I, I kind of like love what you've just said, because what I tend to do, not about me, but, you know, if it's just for some context, I use, I started out my legal career in tax. And when you work in tax, what you do essentially is you look at the laws and you look for the kind of like the loopholes around it. It doesn't matter who you're working for. I've worked for both the government and I've worked in the private sector. And when you work for the government, you look for those loopholes and then you advise the treasury on how to block them. When you work for the private sector, you look for the loopholes and then you tell your clients how they can use them lawfully and legally and you make some money from that. And so it's it's all about, you know, looking at a problem or looking at a situation and seeing how you can break it down to your advantage, to your best and how you can do it. Um, so, uh, Julia, I've got terrible, terrible internet where I am and it, I, I just saw the red bar, but it's gone again. Um, so, Julia, can you just walk us through like a... a typically or, or or maybe like you know your last project or or a hypothetical project in terms of the costs and you know the challenges that you people might face and the one thing actually that i do want to ask you is this so you take on the build you know for people who might not be confident enough to do it themselves and also by you taking on the build with your team you are actually enabling that person to get finance because if they've got no experience, mm -hmm. they're not really going to be able to secure development finance. Well, not at you know good rates anyway. Um, but by you kind of like stepping in and saying we will do this, you know, any development financer would be happy, I think, and they'd be reassured that the build would be done properly. So you're also adding you know another service. And giving them something that they wouldn't otherwise have but in terms of the build you know we all know about costs we all oh we all know what's been happening and i've just bought something from europe i'm not sure that i'm going to be buying from there again the hassle of getting it oh my goodness it, things that we've taken for granted you know brexit um goods just coming in from the from the eu and we'd, they'd say to us, you know, you'd get, you'll get them in three days' time, and you'll get them. Now, I keep getting messages, being delayed, being in a warehouse, you know, this and this and that, customs this, you know. And I'm thinking, do I want this hassle? And right now I'm thinking no. <laughs> but, you know, never say never. Mm. But how are you finding, you know, the price increases you know not just the materials but on labor as well and how are you able to, to to manage that in terms of people that you might be building for or offering that service to yeah it is a, it is a tricky one but I'll, I'll come back to the your original question which was um you know helping people um with their finance and so on i mean basically the the way what we can do is bring a team to somebody bring the team um, of expertise to enable that person to 
to be able to go and and, and raise that finance absolutely because you've got to have haven't you so you've got to have that um expert team so yes that's something we do and um so so moving on to to the difficulties that we've all faced over over the last 12 months it's been very very difficult and um i think what what we've tried to do and i think it's um i think there's two sides to this so i mean obviously traditionally all all our um numbers we would always put 10 percent contingencies in and so on and so forth um, however, what we have, uh, what we did start to do, sort of in the middle of last year, was start to increase that to fifteen to to twenty percent contingency because obviously it was coming through. Obviously, the the huge huge increase um, for supplies, um, so we had to make sure that everything that we were doing was covered, um, and we were putting enough enough padding in. Um, and we weren't just putting padding in the contingency. We were, you know, overinflating other costs as well to make sure. Um, so we were, we were, you know, we, we always work on worst case scenario. We always look at three different um, scenarios, um, worst, middle and best case. Um, but we also found that we were almost going too far in the other direction. Um, so, for example, we had uh, an opportunity that um, we were showing to, to one of our clients and it actually fitted his criteria absolutely perfectly. But it was coming up because we'd, we'd really baked in a lot of contingency. It was coming up at about 22% um, um, GDV. Um, and um, we, we felt quite comfortable with that because, you know, we'd still baked in so much. Um, so our best case scenario was looking absolutely fantastic, though we were working on, on the worst case. But what that actually ended up doing was almost scaring that particular investor off because they then wanted to, they started to come back to us saying, we want to see a minimum of 25%. Now we knew that that 25% was in there, but we baked in so much. But of course, psychologically, what, what we'd presented to them, um, we couldn't then start to strip back because of course they'd already got in their mind that this was sitting at 22%. So, so therefore, we we realised that actually we just put too much in. Um, we'd been overly cautious, um, and we had to then have a, a a bit of a meeting about right. Well, have we made the right decision here by putting so much in? And we had to, we did come to the conclusion that we had overbaked it, um, and that we shouldn't have put quite quite as much in there. But we we are quite cautious. So we were being overly cautious. But of course, when you're working with other people who are cautious, they are then, you know, adding on top of that. Um, so that was a bit of a learning curve. So we have sort of readjusted that a little bit now. Um, and we're feeling a bit, bit more comfortable about where we are sitting with things um, and feeling that, um, that we are putting enough contingency in there it does make it difficult to get opportunities to stack um, but of course we want to make sure that things are looking um, very prosperous um, and that we've got enough wriggle room otherwise i just don't feel comfortable how how could you 
work with somebody or sell something onto something if you wouldn't if you wouldn't do that yourself you just couldn't do that could you patricia you know you've got to feel confident and comfortable that that you could do this opportunity yourself and, and feel totally comfortable about it do you know julia you are absolutely right and 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 one of the problems that i actually have because i do exactly that but on the resi side is i i, I just love the stuff that I'm getting. I love it so much to the point where at the moment, I don't know if they're all going to kind of like, you know, go all the way through to completion, but I've got four things that I'm buying right now mm. because the deals were just so good. Mm. And I'm just thinking, and my husband said to me, aren't you being a bit greedy? You know, I do have people who say to me, do you know, I'm interested in this and I'm interested in that. And you know, but I'm also thinking, well, actually, I love this so much. I can't sell it on. Mm. Um, and also another reason, actually, was I was waiting for my HMRC um, AML um, registration. And, you know, that has come through now. And I'm putting a, a bit on my website for deals. Um, mm. So they will be there. But like you say, you know, it's it's integrity, isn't it? Mm, definitely. It, if, if you can't, you know, and I, I remember, I remember my father saying to me, obviously I'm old school, but he clearly was older school. Um, my name is worth more to me than money. Yes. And, 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 and he instilled that in me. Mm. And, and, and I therefore work on that premise as well, mm. because I don't want to do anything to anyone that will much yeah I, I just don't want that yes i mean we do a lot of, of background work for for example we had an opportunity which um we were which was off market just just before christmas and um this is quite a, a good example of of you know how, how much work that we put put into it so um when we went to see this opportunity we found that there was a lot of regeneration it was within a town center um in the in the southeast and there was a lot of regeneration work going on behind it uh, which was uh, the council were building a new cinema and bowling alley you know the sort of traditional um, um development that that um, a lot of town centers do and it meant that the back of this property um there was um some access issues Anyway, you know, we, we waited for the information to come from the um, from the council to say that yes, there was going to be access. There was going to be um, uh, um, it wasn't going to be parking, but there was going to be you know turning spaces and so on and so forth. But that made us then realise that okay, how are you actually going to get all your supplies into into this um, development? Where are you going to put your skips? Where how are you going to get everything out of this um, property because all that is going to cost you extra money. If you're going to start having to crane things in, that's going to cost you more money. If you're going to have to have permits to, to um, put skips outside and so on, that's all going to cost you, cost you more money. So we started sort of adding up all these potential difficulties which started to push this opportunity out of uh, of where it needed to be and it was so interesting how the guy that I was uh, who was trying to sell me this opportunity did not want to listen 
to that at all. He didn't want to know about the fine tuning. He didn't want to know. All he kept telling me was how much the potential um, opportunities uh, the, the apartments could sell for. However, I then had to go back to him and say, well, you've got not got enough room for the uh, amount of properties that you want in there and this. And so we, we do a lot of the fine detail of, of how uh, an, an opportunity is actually going to be be funded and, and what needs to be funded. And there's not many people out there that, that go to that sort of extent as, as we do, because ultimately, um, if those are the things that we're looking at and we're finding, finding, then we know somebody else has got to look and find those things. And if they don't, then they're having the wool pulled over their eyes. Um, and it's very important that, that we look at and mitigate any issues that we find. So, so when we found that there could be an issue, we then are looking at, okay, well, are they are the council going to grant us um, access or the ability to be able to leave skips there? You know, what's that going to, to, to how are we going to do that? What's that, is, is, what is that cost going to be? So we're not looking for reasons why not to do an opportunity we're looking to mitigate all those reasons and the the knock-on effect of of what that's going to have on this potential opportunity so we really do do um, a, a lot of background background work which most people don't don't go into not you know your agents or um, you know other people that are call themselves I don't really like to use the word saucer but um, because they're not even looking at the figures often. Um, so I think it's important that um, when you are working for somebody that you understand the depth of their knowledge and, and, and what they'll go into and what they'll dig up for you, because that's very important, isn't it? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And, and that is why, you know, one of the services that I offer is Deal Analyzer, mm -hmm. because you know, people are sometimes just sold a dummy. Mm. And because they don't have enough experience themselves, mm. they can't see beyond, you know, the sales pattern that is being directed at them. And they just need, you know, make somebody like you, Julia, who's going to, you know, look at the thing and break it down and say, do you know what? If Armageddon were to happen, where would you be? You know, none of us predicted coronavirus. No. And, you know, thank goodness we are still standing, mm. but anything can happen. Mm. And, you know, we all just need to be prepared for the worst. You know, the worst is probably not really going to happen. But what if it does? Mm. What if it does? Who could have predicted that we'd spend most of the year in lockdown last year? No. Nobody. Not in, a not in a million years. I mean, we were no. saying and this morning how... When did we ever think that we would be doing lateral flow tests every time that we went out or every time, you know, my daughter has had a bit of a, a bit of a cold this morning. I said, right, quick, take a test. Can't go out unless you're taking your test. You know, when when did we ever think that we'd be sort of living in that in this environment? It's it's very it's it is very, very unusual position um, to be in, really. Um, and we have to to take that to take that on board and it's affected all of us in in so many different ways um but ultimately you know i, I see my my role i'm sort of the fiduciary of, of somebody else's money i have to take that very very seriously and i couldn't um 
I couldn't utilize somebody's funds if I didn't feel confident or that if it was my money, I'd be pushing it in. I just couldn't do that. And, you know, we've we've turned people away in, in the past because we haven't felt confident that maybe they would match us as a as an in, investment partner. You know, I think, again, you've got to look at who you're working for, working alongside as well, not just feel that um, you've got to take somebody's cash and quickly, you know, put it into something. You've got to feel that you can work with that person, don't you? You know, just like when you're mentoring, you've got to feel that you can um, work and you're on the same page as that, that person. Definitely. Absolutely, definitely. Do you know what? We are just so alike. Because mm. the number of people who come to me as well and, you know, they say, well, I've got this and I want to invest it. And sometimes the way that somebody communicates with you tells you that if you go into a relationship with them, I tend not to go into money relationships anyway with people that I don't know. Mm. Um, but even if I were going to, you, I would just know that that person was just going to be a nightmare a complete nightmare because they're coming from a position of ignorance mm. for starters and they're not and they have very very firm views as to what they are doing and what they want to do and you've not even said yes to them mm. and they're trying <laughs> <laughs> it is it is really strange the world in which we live well they do um, presume because generally somebody that that has finance puts themselves in the higher position of strength um, i just think it's a natural thing I'd, uh, but f for me actually i i like to get to know somebody i like to feel that our energies are in alignment that we've got um uh, the same outlook and for me, it's very important that actually we talk about um, what happens if right at the beginning to, to, to get an understanding of how somebody would deal with, with difficulties as, the, as they arise. You know, are, are they going to be finger-pointing, finger uh, blaming, or are they going to be solution-driven? Because ultimately, for me, it's not about pointing fingers, it's about finding the best solution to to mitigate any issues that, that come that, that come our way because there are going to be issues um, and you know you hear time and time again how um, developers fall off the face of the earth they go silent um, no communications coming um, and people get nervous and concerned um, and I think it's communication is just absolutely key um, and it's something that I try to pride myself on is good communication. Don't always get it right all the time, but um, I, I hope to try to always communicate very well with people. And I think that's, again, very important. So if, if those boxes are ticked for me, then I can then, then look at potentially working with those people. Um, but actually they're more important to me than how much money somebody has. Exactly. You know, I, I, um, when I'm when I'm working in a JV with someone, most of the most of the emails they're going to get from me will just have a subject um, box line saying nothing to report, and I and I don't put anything in the body, and I send it, and I just say to them, just so that you know that things are just going as we last discussed. You know, nothing has changed, or you know, there's nothing new mm. to report. And I think it just reassures somebody that, you know, their money is not, I don't, I, 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 
I, I don't know how they think, but like you say, you know, we need to put ourselves in, you know, the, the financier's shoes mm-hmm. and say, how would I feel if I were in their shoes? Maybe I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too worried if I knew that, you know, the, the developer, but you just don't know. So I think it's always good. So if somebody's listening to this and they are a developer and you are JVing with somebody or doing some work for someone, even if you've got nothing to report, just let them know that. Yeah. Let them know that you're thinking about them. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, you know, for me, I've sort of moved away a little bit more from emails or, or short emails. So I'll, I'll you know, use WhatsApp um, just to give them a quick update of, like you say, nothing to report. We've been working on X, Y and Z, seen, seen this, seen that, come back to you with further details once we've um, looked into it more, just so they know that you're there are you're there in your mind and um you know it's it, it that communication it doesn't have to take an awful lot um for somebody to feel that they're they're being thought about and that's important they're in the loop and that's where they need to be so great stuff um so julia you also have um a kind of like sourcing arm don't you where yeah. people can yeah. sign up if they're interested in, you know, commercial to raise the opportunities. Do you want to tell us about that? Well, yeah. So again, um, this is not mass market. So we work with handfuls of people, but we, but we work with people that are very active, that are looking to make purchases that um, are um, maybe not complete newbies, um, because it's the amount of work that we put into finding opportunities is is quite substantial, um, and all that the background work. So when we find something and we find an opportunity for something, some somebody, we know that it's got it's got legs, as it were. So we're not just finding an, an opportunity like an agent does and just trying to sell it on. We find something, we do all the DD on it. Uh, we make sure that there there's definitely an opportunity there, um, and because um, we do all that work, we, we charge a, um, a nine nine five plus bat fee to to join us. Um, because not that that actually um, is a money maker for us in any way at all. It's a commitment fee. Um, so we feel if somebody's prepared to to put their money down. Um, then we know that they're committed to working with us and we're committed to to putting that work in. Um, so it's important to us that we work with um, people that are seriously active um, investors and, and developers um, who are, are wanting to move their journey forward, which is, which is why we're here to help. Definitely, definitely, because um, that is... Cause... It is unfortunate, but it is a fact as well that there are so many people who would waste your time if you let them. Yes, there's lots of people that do a lot of, of wasting our time. There's a lot of people that want information. They want this, that and the other. But actually, when it comes down to it, they're not comfortable to step step forward. So um because of the amount of work we do we try we tr- we've tried to sort of mitigate us putting a lot of work in um and then that person not feeling comfortable and you know we have even uh, given people their money back when they're then we don't feel that actually they're ready to 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 work we've actually have given we've given them their money back um because again 
we don't want to hold on to somebody's money um, if they're not ready to work, they're not ready to go. Um, because again, that reflects on us, because if they're not ready, they're looking for a reason why they're not ready. And maybe they can't see it's them that's the, the reason. So they're always going to put it out to somebody else that is the reason. So again, our reputation is very, very, very important to us because as you know, in this industry, there's a lot of people that do a lot of things or say they do a lot of things and they don't do them. Um, so it's important for us that we are actually to, to seem to, to do what we, what it says on the tin. Um, and we do only want to work with those people that are very um, actively um, engaging and, and ready to take those steps forward. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Do you know, Julia, thank you so, so, so much. So, you know, for people listening to this first guest series of 2022, we are in January. Today is the 5th of January. And my guest today has been Julia Hart. And like Julia said in the beginning, this is all about us learning and never, ever stopping about how we can educate ourselves, how we can expand our knowledge. And I've learned a couple of things from Julia today. So, you know, I hope that if you're listening, that you have too. But more importantly, for people in the commercial um, arena, if you need someone to help you, reach out to Julia. You know, mm, tap on her face, scroll down her bio, link up with her on Instagram, um, sightlineproperties.com, reach out and talk to her. You know, listen to this podcast. I, I, I've spelt out her, her um, um, domain name in here. Um, so again, you can get to her. But honestly, people, if you don't have the experience, find someone who does to walk you through that first journey because it can be quite scary and it can be quite lonely but if you have somebody with you who knows what they're doing you're literally mitigating those particular risks and what to me is more important than money is my good mental health yeah so if you can do anything that's going to give you you know a calm feeling confidence and knowledge at the same time why would you not go for it anyway if you're into commercial Terezi or if you're into the commercial arena do link up with Julia do definitely do that and um so what I would like to do is you know just to again let people know the replays are on you can definitely kind of like you know tap on this and you will be able to find this replay under Julia's profile on Clubhouse, under my profile on Clubhouse, and under, um, it should be there, is it not there? Ooh, no, I've not put it under the club um, this time around, that was my mistake. Or um, I was going to say under uh, maximising property pound, 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 but it looks as if I didn't do that. It doesn't matter anyway, because you can find it under my profile, under Julia's profile. And the podcast, so what we've been talking about is going to be released on Wednesday. So Wednesday, the 12th of January, this, this, what we're talking about here will be on all the podcast platforms. So again, you can tap on the link above. And if your favorite um, listening um, device, or device, whatever app, that's it, app, if your favorite listening device is there, then tap on it 
and you know subscribe to maximizing property values because then you will not miss a single single episode um julia thank you so much for doing this with me no you're welcome thank you so much for inviting me it's it's an absolute pleasure to be here my first clubhouse of uh of the year um so uh so we'll be back we're always here tuesday mornings for um the commercial uh uk property club so anybody wanting to learn a little bit more about commercial we're there and we have a live event as well um which we started at the end of last year and we've got uh, the next one which is the first week of february um, with my dear friend Ronak, who's in the um, in the audience today. So uh, get in touch if anybody's interested in coming to join us. Thank you so much, Patricia. Wow, wow. But you know what? That just sounds absolutely fascinating. I don't know why people wouldn't just do it. Absolutely do it. Mm. You know, because we're all in property. You know, maybe we love doing what we're doing, which we do. But more importantly, we want to make money. Oh. And if we're not making money and we're literally just sitting back and we're talking or we're listening and we're not taking the steps that we need to take in order to make money, we are wasting time. Agreed. We are literally wasting time. Um, one of my favourite films ever is The Shawshank Redemption. And one of the one of the things that I one of the things they say in there, which I love, is you can get busy living or get busy dying <laughs> yes, it's true. You, you can get busy talking you can get busy listening or you can get busy making money mm. just do it take action get get started get going finish make money anyway next week i've got isaac kikabi now he will be here on wednesday if his baby stays according to plan and doesn't arrive early <laughs> and anyone who's had children know that they do not listen to that they come when they Agreed. want to so he may or may not be here but if he isn't there will be something else which will be just as exciting and just as informative but in the meantime honestly people if you're enjoying these you know subscribe to the podcast and you know rate and review you know whatever episode you might actually enjoy and even if you're not enjoying it you know do let me know because if i don't get the feedback i can't make things better i can't and as much as i enjoy doing these and i will do them if i enjoy doing them which i am i also want you to enjoy listening to them so there we are and on that note all that is left for me to say is thank you for spending your afternoon here with us oh thank you lovely to see you all and yeah. uh, let's hope that we can all catch up soon thank you definitely 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 